You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everyone. Adam Tarno here, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Better Man Podcast. Our guest today is my friend Dale Wallace. Dale is the Executive Director of Vertical Ministries on the campus of Baylor University down in Waco, Texas. Today, Dale is going to share some of his observations, things that he is seeing in the lives of young men in college. And here's what I love about our conversation. Uh, The days may be gloomy, but God is at work disciples are being made, and the future of the church looks bright. In fact, even in our conversation, there is something for men of all ages to learn, and I can't wait for you guys to hear from my friend Dale. So take a listen to this conversation, and then I'll be back with a few closing comments. Uh, Dale Wallace, welcome to Better Man. I'm excited to have you today on the podcast. So, I mean, here you are, you're on the front lines, you're impacting the next generation of leaders, you're seeing some encouraging things and some concerning things. And uh, so I just want to go through your observations. So you've got, I'm sure there's a long list uh, in both of these categories of what encourages you and what discourages you or is a little bit concerning is probably a better way to say that. But we're just going to talk about three under each of those. So let's talk about the encouraging things that you're seeing right now. Uh, When you shared this list with me, I was surprised to see that this one was number one. And one of the first things that is very encouraging to you right now is you are seeing young men pursuing purity. So talk about that. Here's the reason behind this. It's not that everyone is pursuing purity. Like that's not what I'm saying about the next generation. What I am saying is that those that are recognizing their need for purity aren't just sitting around and letting it happen and stumbling into it. I think this next generation that's coming up sees that you do not stumble into purity. Uh, You don't hit cruise control to get to a pure heart. You, uh, it requires kind of this mixture as I'm sure uh, we've even talked about when I did better man, just this mixture of daily abiding victory in God's strength, uh, rightly understanding, you know, first Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four four, knowing how to control our our own bodies and holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles. Um, and this next generation is is learning the daily strength and uh, victory from the Lord. The knowing why we turn to uh, uh, sexual sin or pornography or masturbation, like they're learning the need for it to just be not this just one and done fixed. They're like, well, I'm not fixed. I've been to these purity meetings. I've been to these gatherings. This takes time. This takes a pursuit. And so again, it's not that everyone's pursuing purity. Don't hear me say that. (laughs) That's not what I'm encouraged by. I'm encouraged by those that see their need for purity really pursuing it and not just doing nothing about it. And and I say that because... in Waco, there's this group of people that meets on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. in like a basement of a church. And we're talking 6 a.m. with college students and with 60-year-olds. And so we have this huge spectrum of men in a room, and everyone meets weekly, confesses sin, and works through some workbook and some curriculum. And it's just encouraged and get to... uh, learn and grow together. And so I I say that because I just think we think of the next generation as lost and, you know, all their movies are sexual and all all they do is sexual. And and so we think that it's like really, really bad, but I I would actually venture to say I've been encouraged by um, their pursuit of purity. And then the, uh, the next thing is community. I think the pandemic accelerated this naturally. Yeah, You know, they, they were already lonely 
nobody knew them. Uh, and now it's, it's really, really clear their need for community. And, uh, and I, in fact, I had a student say, said this to me today, we we're talking about how, uh, the importance of community and he on it, like, I didn't, ask him to say this. He just said, you know, when I'm in community and I have to meet weekly with people and I have to confess sin, I tend to choose to follow Jesus more Hmm. just from naturally being in community weekly. And it was, it was like this simple, like it wasn't crazy. He wasn't even trying to impress anyone. He was just like, yeah, it just kind of happens that way. And it, it was so sweet that that these students are living out, you know, James five sixteen, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And so I think community, uh, I'm encouraged by that. They're kind of done with the, like, just go to church and gather, yeah. or at least they know that that's not enough. And, and so it, it's similar to the purity thing. It's not just like, Oh, go be pure. It's like, no, you have to pursue this every day. And, and so are uh, you seeing those two things kind of um, helping one another? So the, those that are pursuing purity are also being intentional with community and making sure that they're surrounding themselves with, with wise people? A hundred percent. Absolutely. They're, they're, I mean, it's just a clear, clear connection between the two. And, uh, and some of them maybe are even oversaturated in community in order to uh, break habits whether it be, you know, alcoholism or impurity, you know, whatever the sin is, anger, like some of them are oversaturated for a season to get out um, before they can kind of get to a a normal kind of rhythm of community. So in in some ways, I, I see a lot of it. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question, too, about the the purity piece. So when you think of a student that is coming to you and saying, Dale, I need help with this, you know, I, I'm at a breaking point, uh, I'm, I've hit rock bottom, what are some of the patterns that you're seeing there? How are their eyes opening to this? Obviously, we know it's a work of the Spirit working in and through them, yeah. but it also, as you alluded to, it's abnormal for a 19-year-old to feel this sense of brokenness. I mean, my joke about college students when I did college ministry is they're, they're at the peak of their confidence, but the valley of their wisdom, right? <laughs> in yes, life, like that's totally. where they are. And so a lot of college students that when I was doing uh, college ministry, they weren't asking for help. They were just going, I'll get it. I got it. I'm good. I'm good. So you've got some that are asking for help with this or saying, I want to be intentional about this. So What's causing them to get to that point where they're surrendering at such a young age? Yeah, well, I think it, that's where y- you kind of get to the challenges and the they're so uh, they're so connected and they're so technological and there's it's everything is so accessible to them. Yeah, that I think that they've gotten to this point of like, oh snap, something cr- like I need something radical. I like need to cut off my hand in order for Mm. this to stop. Like I need somebody to take all the apps on my phone so that uh, otherwise like every single thing on my phone gives me access to this thing that I hate Mm. and that I'm tired of and that I've been doing since I was, you know, 12, 15, whatever, eight. Like, so I think the over accessibility has created a little bit of acceleration to brokenness and repentance and and even the 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 pandemic it has even accelerated it slightly in some ways uh because of the isolation i think a lot more people were like oh crap i i'm i need help 
And so I think it exposed some some of it even through the pandemic. And so how they got there, God's grace, yeah, and how we can help college students get there or young men get there. I don't know apart from the spirit. Yeah, and, I mean it's got to be, but even showing people where it leads to, which right. is destruction, and not just in marriage. Like it's just helping students realize, you know, when you're 30 and single and addicted to pornography, like that is like, and you've done nothing about it, like you're going to, it's going to be harder then to stop than it would be now. You know, just this understanding of the snowball and how, when the snowball gets going, it's very challenging to stop the snowball, things like that. Um, and not to throw guilt or shame, like that's not at all the purpose. Um, but I think that's helpful. And then I, I'd say one last thing I just thought of that is that getting them in the room with some older men that are married mm. has been helpful. And I think I never really responded as a college student to the like, oh, it's going to ruin my marriage. Okay, I got to stop. Like, I never really cared, truly. Um, but to hear a grown man, a 60-year-old cry and be like, oh, snap, that's this this doesn't just stop. Like this could be, this is like requires a daily abiding in Christ and it gets hard. It seems like, and, and then it hurts other people. And I I can see it on this person. Honestly, like that was helpful even for me and is helpful for college students now. And again, it's not the guilt and shame, but it's seeing it in person connecting the, the the older generation with the younger generation, helping them learn from the older generation's mistakes. I think the younger generation could learn so much from the older. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll reference back to an episode that uh, Jonathan Pecluda and I just recorded that was uh, already put out there on Better Man, where we did talk about what you just said, the, the new habit or the relapsed habit that a lot of men are finding themselves struggling with when it comes to purity as a result of the pandemic and the isolation and everything. And so I'm positive that you're seeing that on the college campuses as well. And so, um, so that's really encouraging just to, to see that there are young men out there that are trying to fight this and they're not trying to fight the battle alone. They're, they're with community. And so those are definitely some very encouraging things. And so the third thing on your list was again, a word I didn't expect to see, but I'm really intrigued by what you're going to say here, which is sincerity. So talk about that. What do you, why is that encouraging to you? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to give you three things you weren't, nobody would expect that I'm encouraged by, you know, I don't want, yeah. But in summary, it's, it's honest. They're real. The re the real is probably the word that has been thrown around the most. Like this next generation, they're so real with themselves and they're honest. But I, I think they're actually that actually is fairly true. They have this radar for sincerity. And uh in fact, we have this uh well-known wakeboard uh surf park, cable park called BSR in Waco. And I always I've started to say that this next generation is uh has bsr which is bs radars we won't go into <laughs> details about that but they can just see through people and they're encouraged by vulnerability you know you possibly heard it said vulnerability breeds vulnerability um but they can even sense when like somebody's being vulnerable to manipulate people like like they're they're like crazy gifted at being like you know, that guy kind of felt like he was trying too hard to be vulnerable to try to get me to feel a certain way. And I'm like, you're brilliant. Like, this is crazy that you can see this. Like, a lot of people took that, you know, emotional bait and got some experience out of, you know, like they can kind of see some things that I think that 
they're just amazing because of it. And so I say the word sincere, they're just, they have this honest, uh, faith that that's they are real it's refreshing that as a college pastor i can show up one morning and be like man this has been a tough day and they're like it's that's okay you know i don't have to show up and have my suit and tie on every week and uh have everything together and so i'm really encouraged by that i'm not saying that is uh that everyone is sincere, but, but it's more than normal. You know, I think the like dress up for church kind of mentality and look like everything's good on the outside. Like, I just think that they've seen that not work. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a, I've shared this story on the podcast before, uh, but my wife graduated from Baylor and she will tell the story oh, back, yeah. and she was there uh, a little bit before you, but I won't throw her under the bus with her age or anything <laughs> like that. So, uh, But she would talk about the people that would dress up on, wake up on Sunday mornings, they would not go to church, they would dress up and go to the dining hall, because you never knew. There were so many churches in Waco, you didn't know. You know, maybe I did go to church, maybe totally. I didn't, maybe I just went to the different church, and I think what I'm hearing you say is that that maybe is not happening as much there. There's an authenticity with that. We don't have to put on a show anymore. It's a sincere faith and and, and a sincere desire to love people and be honest with who you are. Yeah, exactly. And JP has a night service here in Waco, so you don't have to dress up anymore. You can <laughs> wear your sweat and then dress up for church. Sunday night. That's good. So lots to be encouraged by uh, what you're seeing there. And and what's really interesting, I mean, all the things that you said there uh, are not just for college students. Like there's not just um, encouragements or admonishments there for young men. I mean, these are things that that men out of college are, are battling with today as well, you know. Um, and so if you were a young adults pastor at a church and we were interviewing you, or you were a men's minister at a church there in Waco, I bet you'd say the same thing, that the men are realizing they have to work towards purity. It's not just going to happen. They're going to realize, they're, they're waking up and realizing that they need people. They cannot, like Lone Ranger is a myth. The Marlboro Man uh, was a lie, right? He was there to sell <laughs> cigarettes and that's it. Um, and so they need people. And sincerity is always, uh, always a great way to approach loving people and being vulnerable and authentic that, uh, that you know, th- these are things that older men need to deal with as well. So there's a lot to be encouraged by uh, with all that. So let's, let's go on the flip side of this conversation, though, and talk about a few of the concerning things, because I think a lot of our listeners would love to be able, you know, would love to know how to pray for this next generation. And so there are some things that, that we can be praying for them. And so um, one of them, you just talked about new challenges. So what are some of the new challenges that you see young men in college facing right now? One of the new challenges that I see a lot is social media porn. And, and it's, we've defined porn as this like website or thing that we visit with videos that are explicit. And, uh, but, but within my testimony is that I like knew that porn quote unquote was bad. Videos are bad. Uh, nudity is bad. So what I turned to instead was I started to, um, look at social media and Facebook and Instagram and bikini girls. And, and in some ways that's same, the same as, you know, the old magazine, yeah. uh, kind of deal. But, but at the same time, I think we're surprised by that because it's so accessible. People are, all, people are on it every day. And so that's a new challenge. Like, what do you do? And, and really even, I think, uh, we don't talk about it because it's, it's not, it doesn't feel as bad. So that was, that was my struggle personally, was just this 
this inability to know what to do because it didn't feel as bad as doing something else. Uh, you know, what, looking at something and and masturbating to to some a picture on social media seemed less bad as going to a website. And so that's this a new challenge to define porn the way it's probably meant to be defined, or even to teach the text of Matthew five. You know, it's it's not about where you're looking. It's everyone who looks with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so I think that's a new challenge. And I think people are surprised. They're like, well, how do you cut off your hand there? Just get rid of social media. And it's like, yeah, like, of course. But they think that's extreme because it's different than, you know, the old, you know, get rid of a magazine, you know, getting rid of a magazine probably wasn't as hard as, well, crap everyone's going to see I deactivated my account. I'm going to have to give my password to somebody else so that I never get on it again or something like that. And I think that's just the new challenges. That's, that's what I'm concerned about is that we are, we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the phone in the pocket, it is so great and it is presenting so many unintended challenges as well. And you're right. It's not just, um, uh, we'll throw it all out. I mean, it might be, it might be, but uh, there, is there a way to be able to keep the benefits and protect yourself from some of the other things? And and I do, I feel bad for my friends that, uh, I mean, I can't imagine it, it, like, what is the analogy? I guess it's, it's almost like um, the, to use your magazine analogy, it's just the, the magazine's just showing up on your doorstep and you didn't subscribe or the way some of these images will, will pop up. I mean, I, I went out on YouTube the other day and just couldn't believe the, the thumbnail image that was an advertisement that some corporation had paid to be placed right there. It was, it was a shocking image. It was just like, Whoa, I'm not used to seeing that on, on YouTube of all places, you know? And so, uh, and so there's just all these new challenges that that uh, everybody's navigating. Uh, certainly, I can imagine where uh, in college students just with uh, learning how to how to flex the self control with some of these devices can be a challenge with all that. So uh, so that's good. Okay, so let's talk about the other thing you had on here was a lack of courage. So why don't you talk about that? Where are you seeing that play out in the life of young men on campus? I see it the most, and we don't love our neighbor like we don't love our roommates. We don't love the person we sit next to in class. Uh, we don't have the courage to even ask for their name and much less ask, you know, do you have a faith? Can, could we go to lunch? Could we talk about, you know, what you think, what you believe and what I believe I'd love to share with you if, if you'd let me, you know, things like that. It's just unnatural now. I, I, I jokingly kind of say there's a lot of closet Christians that don't know their neighbors or love their neighbors. Right. And, uh, and I think it, it in some ways is social, but in, in a lot of ways there's an insecurity in truth. Like we don't have security in what we even believe, you know, um, we don't know the scriptures the way that we, we really ought to know to be able to have a defense for what we believe. And so we just have security in sand, you know, and, and we, we find it in, you know, social status. We just look for security in other things and we're insecure when it comes to spiritual things or loving our neighbor. You know, it, you're, what you're saying, it's got my mind spinning again. I'm seeing the, the, how so many of these things are connected. So even some of the new challenges that you were talking about with social media and the hype, the hype that is out there right now. So if again, you've got anybody, and this is any age on their phone all the time 
consuming massive amounts of, quote, public opinion. And, uh, I mean, listen, it's no secret that, that being a Christian right now, out in the public right now, there's not a really high opinion of that. So now you start to believe the tweets and the Facebook posts and the, the TikTok videos or whatever. You start to believe all these things, and it'll get you believing that everybody's against you. And now when you go back into the real world and you start actually interacting with people, there's a fear to go, well, I bet this person hates me. You know, you just start telling yourself a story. You start believing these stories. And then I go back to that word that you said, sincerity. And what I find so interesting is that there's so many people that are having the courage to just be a human and talk to somebody and invite them somewhere and just be kind and love you. And and love uh, could be just asking questions, saying, can I pray for you? I mean, just giving yourself, allow the relationship to breathe a little bit and and build some trust. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be uh, immediately just jumping into these deep conversations. But nobody nobody is uh, out there rejecting sincere uh, appreciation and desire for relationships and just friendships, you know? So, um, so true. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I, I can see all this stuff connecting here and it all kind of builds, you know, on one another with all that. And then the other reason that maybe some people are not loving is your third concerning item. So it was new challenges, lack of courage was number two. And then the third one, um, and I, I chuckled when I read this one, cause this was what I saw five years ago when I was doing college ministry, was busy, 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 and you need to say it three times. You're right. That is because uh, that is it's the way to describe them. Yeah. So talk about that one. Yeah, and honestly, busyness is the is the new normal, even in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy how things slowed down. You know, people went on lockdown, and here's just an example. Here in Waco, uh, organizations aren't allowed to meet like vertical isn't allowed to meet, but also fraternities and sororities aren't allowed to meet. And yet still somehow, and they can't practice the dance. Baylor does this dance thing. Yeah, It's not worth going into details. <laughs> they do two hours of practice on a normal week for a couple of weeks each uh, semester. And they don't have that dance practice, which sounds hysterical. It really and does. And then they don't have these meetings. Uh, and I was sitting with a young man this morning at breakfast and he's in a fraternity. I was like, hey, are you, are you feeling busy? Uh, just, just to, you know, ask him and check on him. And he's like, yeah, man, it's been crazy. And I'm like, what's crazy? Yeah, like, what, are you, what doing? are you doing? That's crazy. Like, how did you sleep through your alarm this morning? Like how, what did you, it's, it's unbelievable. And I asked, I'm like, so what is it that you're filling your day with? And he's like, and just like, you know, people and, and he, they don't have an actual reason other than just like whatever is driving them. And so that's where uh, you might've said, you know, we wear busyness like a badge of honor. Uh, And it's like, how are you doing? It's like, I'm busy. Like, it's like who we are. It's our identity. It's our name tag. It's, it's exactly everything we live for is just so that we could feel significant because we're busy. And it's like, wait, how did we get here? What are we even busy with? And, uh, and I think it plays into the loving your neighbor thing. Oh, totally. Uh, it's just like, we don't have time, you know? And, and I, I've been really convicted of this as well through the pandemic is just like, I don't know my neighbors and now everyone's on lockdown and the only people you're supposed to see are the people outside when you were on a walk. And so even through this season, I've been learning this, just the Mary and Martha, the Jesus saying to Martha, 
hey, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen this one thing, the good portion. And I just think we constantly need that reminder, what is driving our day? And oftentimes it's just to be able to say we're busy and feel good. And then at like 6 p.m., we're like, I'm exhausted from what we're doing to ourselves. You know, it's this crazy cycle that we're kind of addicted to. So if you were, um, you know, just in your experience right now, we've kind of put these two lists up there. Those, you know, some things that you're encouraged by, some things that are concerning. And, uh, you know, what what is the difference between somebody that comes to mind to you that is in the encouraging side or versus somebody who's on the discouraging side? So if, you, if you're thinking about two young men right now that you know on that campus, what's the difference between one of the young men that's encouraging to you and one that is a little bit more concerning to you? Yeah, in some ways, the encourager, the, the one that I'm encouraged by that I see is in the same organization as the one I'm discouraged by. Yeah. And in some ways they're involved in a lot of the same things, but the difference is there is a, uh, a right understanding of the relationship with Jesus part, the abiding in Jesus part. And then I would also just say they're doing what looks radical. The encourager, the person I'm most encouraged by is doing something so, so different outside of the, organization and outside of, you know, studying and being a student, but they're taking advantage of the time that they're uh, on campus. Um, They are uh, inviting people over to dinner and uh, other than their own fraternity or sorority, you know, they're, they're looking outside of their own organization. They have eyes that are bigger than, you know, just the, so I, I honestly think it's like, probably, you know, that word radical, Yeah. who I'm most encouraged by are the people that look radical. It's not radical to love your neighbor and engage with people that look different from you and to be in the secret place with the Lord and have a sincere faith. And you have nothing to hide. You can be honest about when things are challenging and you can pursue purity and you can be in community like that. That looks radical to the world, but I think that's, that's just who we're made to be. Yeah, that's just discipleship, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing as disciples, yeah. Exactly. And so I think what I see, like, what's the difference? I'm like, well, one looks radical and isn't, and the other thinks the radical is radical and is not willing to give up. Uh, in some ways, just like it thinks they're too busy and, and doesn't know how to uh, really have a relationship, I think, with Jesus. They're they're busy, busy, busy. They go with the wind. Um, things like that. And yeah. so it, it's the all in or, or the not in it's the, which, which sounds so cliche, but it's, it's, it's so true. Here's what I, I, you know, I asked that question and in my mind, I'm going, I hope he answers it this way. And and you answered exactly the way I wanted you to answer it or, or that I was hoping would be the answer. And I love that it's cliche, right? Because I think this is, this is the point that is so helpful is, um, that there's no temptation that has seized a man except what is common to man, right? And so the things that young men on a college campus struggle with are the exact same things that uh, older men that are not on a college campus struggle with. Absolutely. And the key to life, and I love it, man, the secret place is the secret to security. The key to life is abiding with Jesus, right? And uh, And so that is what you're seeing on campus right now. Those who are 
God in his infinite mercy has opened their eyes and they're saying, I have, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And now even in my young age, I'm going to follow Jesus. They stand out, right? And they're, they're doing what is normal uh, for a disciple that looks radical on that campus. And those that are kind of toying around with faith, that uh, those are ones that are just like, man, I hope one day you're going you're gonna to see this, you know, and, and choose to follow Jesus. And I love that because that is relevant to everybody listening to this podcast. So, you know, if you're, if you're in your 40s or 50s right now and you're thinking about things in your life that are discouraging, uh, the key is not a tip or trick. It is Jesus, right? That, that is the answer. That is what you're going to need, the same thing that our college kids uh, need right now. So, Dale, let me ask you this one last question, and then I'll let you go. Um, is, you know, if you fast forward now 20, 25 years, this generation of students that you're seeing, and I, and I know you're just on one campus, but you're connected to a bunch of different campuses and, and different campus pastors. So what you know of this college generation right now, let's fast forward 20 years. They're, they're the leaders of our nation and of our churches uh, here in a few years. Uh, what excites you most about seeing this generation mature and move into leadership in the world and in the church? It's a great question. I, I think before I, I say I will be excited in 20 years, I think I, I will start with what I'm most excited about seeing in 20 years if they disciple. Like uh, if these people that I'm encouraged by and I see if they multiply the way that God has called them to, and if the people that are in the discouraging, those that are I'm like concerned about, if those people see the encouragers and they just go, hey, I want to follow you. Can you teach me how to follow Jesus? It seems like you're following Jesus. So I'll follow you as you follow Jesus. Yeah. If if we can get that going, which is what we're working on here in Waco, if we can do that, then I'll be very excited. And the things I'll be excited about are, you know, they're so creative. They're so passionate. They're so connected. There will be less dress up Christianity. There will be probably more honest, real conversations about the past and uh, less things brush under the rug, uh, less go to church, be good, feel good. Um, and I would even venture to say this, if they can catch the glimpse of, uh, uh, you know, this worry and anxiety if that is resolved in those who are weary and heavy laden going to Christ Jesus and he will give us rest. Like if we can continue to teach others that like it's going to be powerful. People are going to say, you know, wait, you're leading, you're, you're a follower of Jesus, and I don't have a single thing that I agree with you on <laughs> at all. Yeah. But like, you're at peace when people persecute, or like, you know, you're at peace when people reject you and yell at you. You turn the other cheek, you're kind and compassionate. You invite people over to dinner that curse you. Like, that doesn't make sense. Who are you? Like, I see this next generation going... Yeah, come on over. You know, like let's do this together. Those that I'm encouraged by, I can I just believe that they will continue as they multiply and disciple, Lord willing. We have something really exciting. And, and I'll, I'll admit, like church attendance may go down because cultural Christianity will probably not exist anymore. Oh, that's good. In 20 years, but what will then? We'll we'll rebuild, or it, where we'll be going from there is only you know true full faith. You know, just this abiding with Jesus faith that is true Christianity. And so I, I'm really excited uh, about this next generation. I know there's plenty of things that we uh, 
could be concerned about and even new challenges that we don't even know are coming. Um, but I'm really excited and thankful for them. And it's, uh, if, if I wasn't excited, I don't know if I'd be giving my life to them. No. And, uh, Hey, listen, friend, the work you're doing matters. It's important. It's, it's really encouraging to know what you've got going on down there and how you are trying to pour into this generation. College ministry is a thankless job. Right. It is a thankless job. It is a seed sowing <laughs> ministry. They'll write you letters later, I promise. They they really do appreciate <laughs> what you're doing down there. It's similar uh, to parenting, right? We're all just hoping that we'll get those letters later uh, from our kids with all of that. But um, listen, great insights with all of this. Um, this is really, really fantastic. I love what you're doing. Thanks so much for jumping on the Better Man podcast with us today, Dale. It was great visiting with you. Thanks again to Dale for spending some time with us today here on the Better Man Podcast. We really appreciate that. If you guys would like to learn more about Dale, you can visit verticalministries.net. That's verticalministries.net. If you'd like to learn more about how you can bring the Better Man 11-week experience to your church or to your community, please visit betterman.com. And today's episode was mixed and edited by the amazing team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we have for today. So once again, thank you for listening and have a great day.